Alex Marlowe, Editor-in-Chief of Breitbart News, author of the best-selling book, Breaking the News, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Today is the big day. My son Hunter is out now, and I open the show opining on the significance of the occasion and what it means to have Breitbart distribute our first film. I also break down some of the initial reaction to it, and you'll want to hear some of that. Then we run down the news, starting with the zombie media cartel bill, which has resurfaced. It's worse than ever. And most of your favorite politicians have come out against it. But is that enough to stop what would be a massive gift to the establishment media? We don't know yet, which is why we have to be vigilant and diligent. John Fetterman's mental health seems to be compromised, as we know. And we play yet another clip that proves this beyond a shadow of a doubt. Corrine Jean-Pierre got busted denying the results of past elections, and she has no explanation for it. You'll want to hear that surreal clip as well. California sent out an emergency plea not to use electricity yesterday, and this is more evidence that we are entering the new green dystopia in much of the planet. Educators are starting to panic as students fell way, way, way behind during the pandemic, and we cover that, plus a lot more in the opening of the broadcast. Our guest today is Government Accountability Institute President and Breitbart Senior Contributor Peter Schweitzer. He's also written many best-selling books, many of those number one bestsellers. Without his research, My Son Hunter probably wouldn't have been possible. And we talk about the truth and the facts behind the film, and he gives it a nice ringing endorsement, which uh, we really appreciate as well as he's got no real incentive to do it other than that he believes in it and he believes in the quality of the product which is so cool we love peter and you'll enjoy the interview very much let's get into it day because it is the release of my son hunter the breitbart distributed movie the first time we've tried to distribute a movie and it's uh, very exciting i think uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's some people in the audience who've watched it at this point because there is seems like a lot of people um are, are watching it and chatting about it online uh, i have not attempted to use my credentials to to download it etc i mean i've seen of course a few times at this point about mysonhunter.com uh, if you have not been if you've not subscribed if you've not it's not really a subscription you you get it you get a token for life uh, and that's how you can see it mysonhunter.com easiest way to do it great way to support us and a great way to be entertained for a while and a lot of people are chiming in uh, online with lots of opinions and it seems like a lot of energy around the movie is going to continue um, the Politico frame this which is really interesting that it's a sign of political wars to come, the new Breitbart film. They referred to the Hunter Biden industrial complex as booming and likely to grow even bigger, and this is true. This is true. Hunter is an industry unto himself, one of the most compelling characters, and he's only been made more compelling by the media, uh, refusing to acknowledge that he's compelling. So they are uh, the they frame it as the new film produced by the conservative media empire Breitbart and released today has first public viewing last Wednesday at a small screening in Los Angeles and they have uh, footage of it bags of corn pop as opposed to popcorn. Anyway, you guys, you know, we're talking about the corn pop. So a lot of people try to cancel it via bad reviews. Don't let them influence you too much. 
because a lot of people who are actually coming into it with good faith are uh, loving it so far. At least that's the feedback I'm getting. But people who will, don't want the film to succeed will trash everyone involved in it. And that's what we're used to. Breitbart News it is a high to be expected. And just hopefully this fuels people who think that it should be given a fair shot to see if this can find a really big audience. Um, the same way a bunch of the woke crap left produces gets you a fair shot to find a big audience. Uh, I encourage you to be a part of the group that uh, helps this thing grow and thrive. So it, the sign of political wars to come, that's an interesting thing because, again, this speaks to, I think they understand what we were trying to do. Um, what we're trying to do is not just create a movie, but create an industry. And the industry exists to some degree. You know, there's a few places that are doing things like this. And we've had filmmakers on the show who have made right of center movies for right of center people. And I think that's a good thing that's happening. But none of them like this exactly. I don't think there's been any that have been dramatized, fictionalized uh, versions of uh, of a mostly true story that was almost consumed entirely by one side of the aisle, which is the Hunter Biden story, and um, which was consumed almost entirely by the the um, um, uh, was consumed almost entirely by conservative media because the establishment media made sure you could not see it. The establishment media made sure that you were not aware of this story if you only got your news from there. If you didn't read the New York Post or read Breitbart, then you weren't going to be getting these things or watched Fox to some degree. That this story was not going to be a part of your news diet. The true story of Hunter, and I'm not just talking about the true story of Hunter when it comes to um, the laptop from hell. That's only one portion of it. So many of the, of the Hunter Biden stories have been censored or ignored or people just didn't bother to do the journalism anyway that would have been involved that necessary to uh, try to truly figure out who Hunter Biden is. Uh, you know, I noted this and I'm going to refresh this uh, at Breitbart.com today when I was researching for Breaking the News, a book on the media where he realized that Hunter Biden had taken dozens of flights on Air Force Two. Isn't that amazing considering that why would he be taking flights in Air Force Two? Is he that close with uh, Big Joey that he'd be flying all the time? Or do you think perhaps he was using Air Force Two to do his personal business? Business that Joe Biden himself says he didn't talk about with Hunter, which is a crazy thing in its own right. So it's either crazy that they're just lying to you and that Joe is in on it. Joe is the big guy. Joe's getting a kickback. And... Um, he's flying around the world with Hunter when he was vice president. You know, he flew around dozens of times with him. And they're talking about it and they're getting the business going. And Joe's getting a cut somehow. And that's the most likely scenario, of course. But there's another scenario where they're flying around and no one's even asking Hunter what he's up to. He's like, hey, can I hitch a ride in Air Force Two to Ukraine or to China? And by the way, please do not ask me what I'm doing. Um, so I've got a story coming out. It was supposed to come out yesterday. It did not come out because it was. Uh, it takes a long time to prep these things because they're they're it's it's, it's fairly long. But I, I give the uh, eight stories you should read to fully appreciate my son Hunter. 
And I flash back to a long-form interview I did with Peter Schweitzer in the Biden Five, so which doesn't just cover Hunter, it covers Frank Biden, James Biden, Valerie Biden, Ashley Biden. Um, I avoided Ashley Biden's diary, which is insane because I don't know. It, it does seem sort of lunatic stuff. Did you guys catch how Ashley Biden has this insane diary where she talks about being oversexed at a young age and taking inappropriate showers with her dad, Joe Biden? And uh, we kind of stayed away from it in conservative media because it looked like a hoax. And then pretty much because um, a Project Veritas, I guess, was the ones who obtained it and uh, fed it to some people, James O'Keefe's group. And then they got sued by the by uh, in order to shut it down by Biden related entities. Which sort of inadvertently confirm that the diary is real. Now, are, is the contents real? I don't know. It just seems like lunatic stuff. So I don't know if it's if the content is real. But Ashley Biden, Joe Biden's daughter, really wrote that stuff. And writing about taking inappropriate showers with her dad. Now, if I was angry at my dad, and uh, if my dad was Joe Biden, I would certainly be angry with him to some degree. It does seem like a pretty clever thing to write down and then someone gets a hold of your diary and then it comes out and then he looks looks terrible. It, it doesn't seem impossible that that hoax took place. But it's pretty wild that we all thought the diary was just fake uh, in conservative media until the Biden sued indicating it's real. Pretty wild, right? So I flash back to Hunter Biden's um, a possible handgun felony where he used his brother's widow, Hallie Biden, to try to dispose of a gun that Hunter shouldn't have had, and he failed to do it. Uh, of course, I flash back to the artwork and how still there have been pieces that have gone for up to a half a million dollars that we don't know who bought them. Um, I touch on the three-carat diamond that the Chinese businessman gave Hunter. And you're supposed to pay taxes on that. Guess if that happened. That comes up directly in the movie, My Son Hunter. And the aforementioned uh, dozens of flights through Joint Base Andrews, home of Air Force One, Air Force Two. And the list goes on. There's so many interesting things that have happened in this guy's life. And it is so cinematic. And so good for Robert Dobby and the good folks behind the film for putting it together, giving some uh, historical context for your entertainment. So very curious to see what the left is going to try to do. Well, we know they're going to try to do. Uh, a lot of them have the, a lot of them are phrasing it as just for conservatives. That's what they want. That's their best case scenario. Just for, or is the Guardian, UK Guardian put it, fringe lunatics. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know what else is for uh, fringe lunatics? All the woke stuff Disney's putting out. Just my take. Uh, but a lot of conservative media's loving it. Epoch Times, brilliant Biden satire, Shakespearean level tragic comedy. So it's also, I think, relevant for the fact that we're two months tomorrow from Election Day 2022. 62% say Joe Biden... Uh, consulted and perhaps profited from family business deals. Now, that number should be at least 100%. I mean, we literally got the email saying they're planning to give the big guy 10%, which have been confirmed by entities that aren't necessarily Biden haters, that, that the big guy is Big Joey the Biden. But um, 62 is pretty good. 
Most of the country thinks that uh, the Hunter Biden stuff, Joe, was rolling us. A top House Republican, um, a guy named James Comer, congressman from Kentucky, has slammed the Treasury Department for for refusing to investigate Hunter's foreign national activity, foreign financial activity. Of course, it's a he's getting money to sell his influence, to sell his last name to places like China and Ukraine, two of the countries that are in the news the most often these days. Did you guys catch, and I, I couldn't even believe this, I, this is another one I thought would, might be a hoax, that Vladimir Zelensky rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange virtually yesterday. Um, this is one where um, I, I, I have learned over the years to not get too excited about things because I, they, it just seems like if it's too good to be true, it so often is in this business. He is, he is really making some bad choices. I think Zelensky, I think he's losing some faith in, in a lot of people. We've got a lot of different headlines that I want to get to, so a variety of topics. But again, mysonhunter.com, great way to help us, a great way to get entertained. Today's the big day, and uh, thank you for your support in advance. Really appreciate it. Um, let's go through, talk about the news, fair bit of stuff. And guys, let me know if I get, uh, let me know in our chat if I get my Fetterman audio. That one's really important. I need that one um, when we get that. But in the meantime, Mitch McConnell so far not said anything about Biden's speech attacking the MAGA movement. So just know that he's trying to sabotage the election to some degree. Maybe he's doing it subconsciously. Maybe he's doing it because he genuinely wants the Republicans not to do well. And he wants to stay in the minority. Maybe that's easier for him at this point. But the fact that he's not out there being a champion for all conservatives and for all Americans right now shows a lack of leadership for a guy who's supposed to be the leader of the Senate on the Republican side. And that, to me, is very irritating. As I said, the analogy I've been giving, um, I coached some youth, youth baseball one year. I think it was my senior year of college. And, you know, the, the 13, 14 year olds made to the championship game. My my pep talk was not. Uh, you'll probably lose the pitching staffs depleted. You know, it's been a long year. You guys look kind of tired. No, it's the you got this. You're going to take the reins here. It's a we got big things ahead. Your life starts today. Not Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is uh, throwing uh, cold water all over this uh, election season, all over the red wave. What a disgrace. Aside from also, his politics not that great anyway. Can't even defend uh, Americans for being a savage by the President of the United States. Um, the uh, Marsha Blackburn has taken the lead in this JCPA bill. This is the zombie media cartel bill, which we talked about Dan Gaynor yesterday. Not bringing up in the monologue. For those of you podcasters, the JCPA is this thing called the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, uh, which allows for media conglomerates to collectively bargain with big tech. Um, they have the exact same agenda. So, and one of that one uh, uh, element of that agenda is to shut down alternative media. It is to boost legacy media. That's what this does. And this bill allows for them to discriminate based off of 
uh, qualities like trustworthiness and fake news and extremism and misinformation and hate speech and all the things that they've used to censor folks like Breitbart in the past. And they'll continue to do this uh, with this bill. If not, it'll be codified into law that this is permissible behavior. Um, there are some people who are at least to a degree slightly right of center who are involved uh, to one degree or the next. And they are all establishment types. And they're trying to justify it to some degree. But people are seeing through it. People are seeing that this is creating a cartel of media and big tech. And most of your favorite senators seem to have gotten the picture on this. Uh, Marshall Blackburn. Um, you've got um, uh, John Kennedy's expressed concern, um, which is really exciting. He's sort of a, one of the most popular senators. Um, one, of the, one of the most uh, popular senators, Republican from Louisiana, uh, at least online. Tom Cotton says every conservative should oppose this bill. And uh, Josh Hawley, who's actually said some positive stuff about it, now says in an exclusive statement to Breitbart that he opposes it. So it's one where it keeps coming back because there's huge lobbying money behind it. There's tons of money being thrown around on Capitol Hill. I know this because some of my friends are getting it, some of my friends in the consulting business. Um, and ones who largely agree with us politically are still there. It's, it's very clever. It's very clever. The, whoever is the ones who are ponying up the money here, and I know what the groups are who are putting up the money, but who are the groups funding the groups? That's the issue. And those people are coming out and they're cutting big checks trying to get this thing through. And what it would do would make life immeasurably diff more difficult for Breitbart. I think it would make life more difficult for local media as well because I do think it does this. Uh, it does uh, benefit the biggest companies in the world, and they're making some tweaks to it where there are uh, some things in it that might be a little bit better than the last time we talked about this a few months ago. Uh, but it still preserves the worst part about it, which self-appointed mainstream and left-wing. Uh, cartels that form together can exclude people based off of those things like whether or not we have enough expertise, whether or not we have a good enough correction policy, whether or not we traffic in hate speech, all these meaningless buzzwords that have been used to silence people like us in the past. And this will continue. And some Republicans will be a part of it because there's a lot of money being thrown around for them to do that. So just know that if, the, if you're on the side that's against Marshall Blackburn and John Kennedy and Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley. It might be a good thing for you to think about whether or not uh, that's the that's the right move for you. All right, uh, a lot of people in California yesterday were sending me a picture of this alert that they got uh, sent to their phones that with one of those really. If you guys have ever got an Amber Alert, uh, the, you get these like really big buzz. Uh, that takes place. A lot of people are getting those yesterday, and they're getting them because they're trying to command you to turn off your electronics from four to nine because it was a pretty hot day, particularly in Southern California. I think it was the hottest day of the year yesterday. Um, but Cal OES conserve energy now to protect public health and safety. Extreme heat is straining the state energy grid. Power interruptions may occur unless you take action. Turn off or reduce non-essential power if health allows now until 9 p.m. These people are just making me love fossil fuels. Like I, I love the idea of moving to a economy where we're not polluting as much, we're keeping the air nice. Um, but these people, like Avin Newsom, who just put out a proposal which was totally meaningless, 
the governor of California, that we're not going to be making any more combustion engine vehicles in 2035, which is coming up, which of course he'll never be accountable for this because he'll be uh, long gone as the California governor at that point. He's just putting it out there to get attention, which he got. In the meantime, he's running for president of the United States, either in 2024 or 2028. Um... Even 2032, we can sneak all that in before he would ever be accountable uh, for this insane idea. And in the meantime, they're telling you you can't even plug in your electric vehicles during this time, or you shouldn't. And they're shaming you with an alert where they abuse you by uh, sending this to your phone. And they send it to your phone, uh, you know, they, they interrupt your whole day. And they can do this because I guess the phone companies are cool with it. Um... And it's just the, the coordination between the big corporations and the government to harass you with this message for you to not use power. Because why? We're regressing into a third world country. We should have all the energy that we need. I've said this over and over again, and I will continue to say it for as long as I can, that the greatest thing we could do for the greatest number of people on planet Earth is make energy cheap and accessible. It is not to uh, reduce global warming or at least, you know, do things that some of the quote-unquote experts theoretically think will reduce global warming. Um, it is not even the things that reduce pollution, even though I don't like pollution. One of the greatest things we could do for the greatest number of people is to make energy cheap and accessible. That way humans can thrive. So California is being begged to use less energy as you're told you can't get combustion engine cars. Uh, uh, utter, utter baloney this is happening. Um, I was looking at a um, I was looking at a chart that a guy named Michael Schellenberger put out, who's a journalist. He's had some books and has a pretty big online following. He's written about California quite a bit, and he was showing a chart on how the 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 California is still natural gas number one production. Um, is number one in terms of energy that's being used. And actually, um, throughout the day, renewables get used less towards the end of the day. And natural gas gets used more. Uh, and then a lot of the things, like there's very limited coal usage, very limited nuclear, obviously, which is an embarrassment. Battery usage goes up later in the day, but still very low. It's very interesting to see where we are actually getting our energy. No one really cares. No one thinks about these things in that way, or very few people, because it's all about a green agenda. And that agenda is don't burn fossil fuels. Try not to do it. I'm becoming a pro-burning fossil fuels guy because we need to stake out a flank here on this, or this insanity is going to go on. We're going to back-to-back. By the way, uh, we're getting rid of all the fossil fuels and um, listen to the government and don't they use electricity when all your family's in the house and you're cooking dinner. Kids need to do homework. Unless it's essential. Um, all right. Well, let's do my let's do my Fetterman clip. We got this. So this is John Fetterman, and this was uh, online. He is a Republican, I'm sorry, Democrat Senate candidate in Pennsylvania. He just had a stroke. He's clearly not well in the head. And he gave a, a speech, and this is what he had to say yesterday. Let it rip, guys. Please understand the stakes in this race. Send me to Washington, D.C. to send so I can work with Senator Casey. 
and I can champion the union way of life in Jersey, in, excuse me, in DC. Thank you, thank you very much, and it's an honor. I live eight minutes away from here, and when I leave tonight, I got three miles away, Dr. Oz in his mansion in New Jersey. You've got a friend and you have an ally. Send me to Washington, D.C. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steelworkers. Oh, he's incredible. He's incredible. He's sensational. This is who the Democrats have put up in Pennsylvania. Um, Pennsylvania should be embarrassed by this. Um, and he should be uh, have a chance to rest and recuperate from his stroke and see if he's able to regain cognitive function, but he doesn't have it. Six-year term. And because for whatever reason, Republicans nominated Dr. Oz, that this seat is potentially going to go to this guy because Dr. Oz is not a great candidate for many reasons. The mansion in New Jersey, among other homes of Dr. Oz, is, is not helping him. But other than that, uh, he thinks he wants you to send him to D.C. so that he can fight for the Union Way of Life in Jersey. Okay. So it's kind of sad and disturbing if this guy wasn't going to go to the Senate for six years and representing a purple state, which is the pace he's on right now. It, it, the local news is playing this, right? Those of you in Pennsylvania, call me and fill me in on what's going on out there. Are people getting the picture that this is not right, that this individual should not be in what is supposed to be the greatest deliberative body in terms of governance on the face of the earth, that he should not be one of 100 people that represent America? Not to mention his bogus story about how he's, you know, Union Way of Life. Uh, great. I'm fine with the Union Way of Life. But this is a guy who lived off his parents into his mid-40s and has a degree from Harvard. The Union Way of Life stuff is manufactured. It's an act. He's an actor. Biden drew a very small crowd in Pennsylvania also. He was out there. Um, and no one came to see him. It seemed like a couple hundred people. So even though Dark Brandon is really hot right now, people don't really care about how he's doing. Civics poll said only 39% approve of Biden. So still in the 30s in some polls, even though he's ticking up a little bit. 56% view his extremism speech as unacceptable, according to Trafalgar poll. So, you know, being it was framed as if you're not with me, you're not for democracy. Recall that that's how his speech from hell was framed by the media and by Democrats. If you're not with this speech, you're for civil war and you're against democracy. Well, it looks like the vast majority of the country, especially those who watched it, think the speech isn't just bad as it was unacceptable. I say this repeatedly. You can't give power to the Democrats. You cannot do it. There's lots and lots of problems with Republicans. But um, giving power to the Democrats is incredibly risky. Look at California. Look what Fetterman's saying. Look what Biden's doing. Do we have the clip of uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre when she's confronted on a record about election denial? Do we have that in this deck here? Okay, roll this one. Here's the White House press secretary. Let her dazzle us yet again. The new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted in 2016 oh, Trump stole an election. You I tweeted, was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, great. here we go. <laughs> you tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now. Yeah. 
So let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have How been I have ridiculous. been well. You're asking me you're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it was ridiculous. I was. I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. She was speaking to what was in danger about voting rights at the time, and it's a ridiculous question, even though it's a direct comparison. It's an apples-to-apples apples comparison. She said she knew this question was going to come, Peter. <laughs> and she was going to be prepared for it, and so what did she do? She gave the worst answer ever. There's no answer. She has no explanation for this. So all, 2016 election was stolen. The governor race in 2018 in Georgia was stolen. But the if you say the 2020 election was stolen, you're uh, against democracy and you're for civil war. That is the place we are in now in this country. And this is why the divisions are just going to get worse because so many people are not seeing that we on the right have the viewpoint that um, you guys tried to nullify our vote in 2016, so we just don't care what your take is on 2020. We don't. Maybe you're right. Maybe it wasn't rigged. Maybe there was nothing wrong with it. Maybe everything was above board. Of course, most of you don't think that's true. But you don't really care what they think because this is how they treated the rest of you. That if you had the viewpoint that... Donald Trump won legitimately in 2016. You were the bad guy. You were the problem. All right, I'll run through a few others quickly, and then we will go to the phones. Um, we've got now, we've got a, a migrant invasions is spiking rents and causing more inflation. Neil Monroe's written this up for us at Breitbart. It's a pretty good article. You should get the, all the details. New York City's homeless shelters are now filled with border crossers. They need to learn how to deal with it. It's not fair for only Texas to deal with illegal immigration. The Texas government figured it out, and now everyone has to go deal with it, especially you sanctuary cities. Nancy Pelosi, who is going to be put out to pasture, politically speaking, in a couple of months, is eyeing the ambassadorship to Italy. Be a cush gig. I was thinking what would be the best job in the world, and that might be it. It would be the ambassador of Italy. So that, that, that would be her reward for a lifetime of service to some of the worst ideas on planet Earth. The Democrat mainstream party ideas. Um, but yeah, but that'd be, what could be better than to represent the greatest country in the world, United States of America, to the country with, you know, the best history of um, religion and food and music and art and all that stuff. So it seems, seems like that'd be the place to go. Um, Schools are back, and we're seeing a lot of details about how far behind students have gotten during the pandemic. And this is a very scary thing and should get a lot of attention. Uh, math and reading test scores, according to CBS News, for nine-year-olds have dropped. The largest decline since 1990 for reading, and the first time math has ever declined, period. We've never seen a decline in math. And yet we have, according to this data, CBS has pulled. Wall Street Journal's got a big article yesterday on how states are panicking and directing billions of dollars to tutoring and other efforts to try to get kids caught up because we've saw severe drops in learning, not to mention toddlers' developments, their vocabulary is much lower because they have the mass on. Um, we were 
over the weekend, Mrs. Dr. Marlowe and I, we were out. We had a little quick getaway, and we only brought Duchess Marlowe, the baby. And we were in a store, and she was getting a lot of coochie coos from people. Really excited to see her. And people still wearing the masks. The help still wearing the mask. The servant class still masked up. Do you know how insane this is going to be when we look back on the pandemic and the last year that only the second class citizens wore the masks? That all the people shopping for the luxury goods in the shopping mall, they're, they're all free. and We've been free for a while, even in bluer areas. But yet so many of the servants, the people who serve us, they're forced to wear masks by their corporate over, overlords. It's disgusting. It's disgusting that we do this. And it's annoying to me as the person who's trying to patronize businesses that if you want to say hi to my seven-month-old daughter, uh, I would like for her to be able to see your lips move. That would be nice. That's a benefit to her. The mass doesn't benefit her. The mass benefits no one. Unless you're trying to send virtue to uh, Dr. Fauci or maybe please your corporate overlord bosses. Maybe they think serving global capitalism is better done wearing a stupid, useless paper mask. And yet that's still being done in much of the country where the servants are required to wear masks, the workers, the employees, the blue collar folks and by their corporate bosses in uh, their, you know, jet setting around their private jets. Sad, very sad stuff. The uh, Babylon Bee had a headline that cracked me up so much. I almost, I probably should have even introduced it that way. I probably should just introduce this as news because it's so good. The, the CDC warns of new stealth COVID variant where you test negative and get no symptoms. Because COVID is everywhere, guys. It's all over the place. Even if you test negative and you have no symptoms. Um, Russia's cut off gas supplies to Europe indefinitely. They did this last week. We knew this was going to happen. Europe is headed to a very bad winter. Russia's got them by the gonads because, as I said at the top of the show, the there's not been a sufficient deference paid to the fact that the best thing you can do for your people is to make energy easy to get and cheap. The obsession with green has left Europe completely vulnerable to Russia, which is getting increasingly desperate. I will also mention um, that uh, Steve Bannon is set to turn himself in. He is getting indicted for in New York for the We Build the Wall effort. Um, I mentioned this not in terms of judgment. I mentioned this in terms of this. This is just a major piece of news that is out there and it will get a huge uh, it'll get to be a huge focus throughout the day. Facing indictment in New York, going to surrender on Thursday of this week. And he gave a pretty barn burner quote about how he's not yet begun to fight. But this is from the We Build the Wall stuff, where I, I, I would find it pretty shocking to me, actually, if Steve was, you know, putting the We Build the Wall money in his own pocket. But the people who were running the We Build the Wall stuff were not good good, good guys. And I got to know some of them in the past. They're not good guys. And they did not have the best interest in the people who broke them off $25 million in checks to build the wall, which, of course, didn't work. And I thought undermined Trump along the way as well, by the way, sending a signal that Trump can't build the wall, so we'll build it. They raised tens of millions of dollars, and they seem to have spent it on themselves. At least that's what's being claimed. So the Manhattan District Attorney... Uh, his office is indicting Bannon on it. I think this is the thing that Bannon got pardoned for uh, by Trump, but I don't think that applies to this particular court. 
So Steve was on the board of all this stuff, and um, we'll see how that goes. But obviously, there's a political element to it. But this is one where you know there is some vulnerability because those I, I just don't trust the people who are in charge of that. We build the wall effort, and a lot of you wanted me to cover it more at the time, and I did not because I'm not believing it. And uh, now, where are we at? I think a lot of the other people who were behind it are in jail right now, and it's going to cause a lot of headaches for Steve. And I know a lot of you guys are big Steve fans. <laughs> Good to Peter Schweitzer on the broadcast, a personal friend and someone who is also a senior contributor for us at Breitbart News, best-selling author, etc., etc., etc. And his research into Hunter Biden, I think, gave way to what has become almost a cottage industry of investigating the Biden Five, as Peter phrases it, not just Hunter Biden, but his whole corrupt family from Hunter and beyond. Uh, we talk about some of the key facts and some of the decisions made in the My Son Hunter movie and how they comport with what Peter, a expert in the uh, in this area, what he thinks, how the movie portrayed some of his favorite subject matters, the Biden family. So uh, we talk about all that, plus much more with Peter. Let's hear it. Peter, how are you? I'm good, Alex. How are you? I'm doing very well and a very exciting day in Breitbart Nation. First time we've had a fictional dramatized movie, but not all that fictional come out. And Peter, this is what I want to talk to you about. And you've been kind enough to be supportive of the film to this point. What is your thoughts on Hunter Biden at this time and how this saga has played out where you started reporting on him? You were the first really to bring to light that he was clearly involved in some shady deals that deserved a lot of attention from uh, the, the American, not just investigators, but at least journalists and at least people who keep an eye on our culture. And just for so many years, people acting like it was not a big deal. And then now finally people have caught on and realized uh, he is a larger than life character. It was interesting. I was reading um, a review of the movie and they were talking about the fact that he's such a, Hollywood character in a way you'd feel like you created out of fiction, but the media was so reluctant to do what you did and actually investigate him for so long. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, Alex really follow the money, which is what we always do. Um, and back in 2018, I published a book uh, called secret empires, which sort of laid out for the first time ever, the China deals, the trip on air force Two, um, the details of the Ukrainian deals, et cetera. And so for me, it was just a, a, a story, a story about corruption, a story about self-dealing uh, with American politics. We, in that book, also looked at people like Mitch McConnell and others. Um, what I really liked about this film, and just to be clear, I have no you know, financial stake in the film. I wasn't paid for the film, nothing like that. Um, but having seen it, what I like about it is that it really uh, takes – uh, a story um, that I think is exciting and important to begin with and really makes it three-dimensional, um, meaning it really brings out, I think, the, the human nature of this. Um, and you're quite right. I mean, Hunter Biden is, in a lot of ways, the kind of character that you could see in a Hollywood film, uh, meaning he's well-connected. He can be very impressive in meetings. He, he cleans up well in a suit and 
Uh, he's articulate and he knows how to play the game. Uh, and yet he has these deep flaws, these deep personal flaws. And he has a very complex relationship uh, with his father. Um, and I would say, Alex, one thing that's been interesting to me, having first been researching this in 2016, now eight years, uh, uh, sorry, six years later, um, in a certain strange way, I've become slightly more sympathetic to Hunter Biden, not not excusing what he's done, uh, not excusing the corruption or what I believe is criminal behavior. But what the film, I think, helps shows and demonstrates what I've appreciated is that the reason I think the primary reason that Hunter Biden sought these overseas deals engaged in kind of this reckless behavior Sure, there was an element of uh, he's this guy and he wants to be a success and he wants to make money. But there's no question that uh, the the demands of his father and the the demands from his father that he provide funds for the broader family to use, including Joe Biden himself, is one of the things that propelled Hunter Biden on these foreign deals with shady characters. And I think the film does an excellent job in laying out that sort of complex nature of of uh, his motivations you know the robert davi made a couple of choices in the movie that i really like but i want your take on it. and feel free to disagree because again this is supposed to be a conversation piece at this point uh, but one is the way hunter was portrayed and one was the way joe was portrayed and, and let's start with joe joe was not portrayed as a bumbling idiot puppet he was portrayed as sort of a mob boss and there are some dumb quotes and there's a lot of sniffing of women, which is both hilarious and true, um, you know, and there are some moments and I won't give them away because they're funny where Joe is kind of portrayed as an income poop. But for the most part, he is played more of a guy who's essentially in charge of an international crime syndicate. And I thought that was really cool uh, and I thought that was different and it might not be the reality. It's not like I know Joe Biden, but I think that's probably closer to the reality than this sort of hackneyed uh, Joe Biden is a moron uh, and he's just someone's got their hand up his backside. They're moving his mouth with their hand. I, I think a lot of that stuff, a lot of Joe's persona that he is much more clearly crafted publicly than we give him credit for. And I think that he has maintained some power in American life for the last half century. I don't think he's going to relinquish, relinquish it anytime soon. And I think that people underestimate him to some degree. Uh, I think you're right. I think that uh, a lot of uh, his critics uh, and some of his supporters uh, look at the last, say, year and a half or two years uh, where maybe there have been some questions about his age and, and his recollection of uh, events during speeches, that sort of thing. They're confusing that, I think, with his longer trajectory. And look, let, let's just be clear. I mean, this is a guy who you know, was on a county council in Delaware, became a United States senator, became a powerful figure on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, became vice president of the United States and became president of the United States. Um, and sure, there are things that happened in his career that you could say are good luck or he's just fortunate. Uh, but the fact of the matter is somebody who does those sorts of things has a political shrewdness and sophistication. Now, that doesn't mean I agree with his policies. That doesn't mean that I don't think some of the things that he believes in are boneheaded. Uh, but I think the, the sort of way that, that people dismiss him um, is ridiculous. And I think, by the way, people that are supporters of his who 
you know, see him right now as a very engaged, focused president who, you know, has this laser-like uh, uh, policy prescriptions for climate change, et cetera, they seem to be the same ones that when it comes to Hunter's business dealings are, you know, oh, well, he didn't really know what was going on. He wasn't aware. He thought Hunter was on Air Force Two with him yeah. just because they were having a vacation together. So you can't sure. really have it both ways. And I think the most accurate one. Oh, but the, but they try to all the time. Remember, George Bush was the biggest idiot on the planet, but he had also convinced the entire world to go a start uh, international wars. Um, because of WMD and he, he was really smart enough to manipulate everyone to do that, but he was also too dumb to somehow plant the WMDs there. So it looked like he could save face. And remember Donald Trump was the dumbest guy, the biggest doofus of all time, but he also worked with Putin to rig an entire election, uh, and then left no traces of evidence in the process. People are never consistent and they don't have to be. It's just people just... Uh, use their sort of selective political viewpoint to determine the reality at this point. But it's a, I, I think you raised something, Peter, that's noteworthy, which is that the Biden family is, we, we need to stop with this lazy narrative that they just are bumbling idiots. And this comes to the portrayal of Hunter as well, where Hunter is not per, it, I came to the conclusion, I was thinking about this during the, I know this is kind of a long uh, digression, but I came to the conclusion during this uh, process of this movie that in actuality, Peter, I think that when Joe said Hunter Biden is the smartest guy I know, he wasn't joking. I don't think he was joking. I think he does admire Hunter's ability to cut these multi, 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 multi million dollar deals to support the whole family. I, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, and uh, I, I think it's it's pretty apparent because if you look at what Hunter Biden has pulled off, I mean, he really convinced uh, Ukrainian energy companies. He convinced Chinese uh, state backed companies that uh, uh, whose owners are tied to Chinese intelligence. He convinced them to send him literally tens of millions of dollars for nothing in exchange. Um, now, I think it's it's uh, a probably criminal behavior in some respects. Um, I think it certainly is related to the fact that his father is a powerful figure and people are, you know, want want favorable treatment. So there's a corruption component. But, yes, he has done those things and he has uh, mastered those things. And this has been kind of a Biden family approach um, you know, in, in one of my other books, uh, Profiles in Corruption, I highlight what I call the Biden Five. So it's Hunter, but it's also James and Frank, his brothers. It's his uh, sister, um, uh, Joe Biden's sister. Uh, and it's also um, his daughter, uh, Ashley's husband, um, all have what I would regard as very corrupt deals uh, that are going. They're sort of planets that orb around or, or operate around Joe Biden um, orbit and um, are very, very successful. And again, I think the film kind of portrays that and demonstrates that. Um, these, you know, Joe Biden is not a naive guy. He knows how to exercise power. Uh, he's done it um, for decades. Um, and that's really what I think the film does so well. Um, the film, obviously, and, and we're not going to give much away, is, is very over the top in its style um and and it makes it, it in in that sense it's it's greatly entertaining because it makes you laugh out loud funny but it's over the top 
in a way that's conveying the deeper truth here that Joe Biden is sort of present in, in what Hunter Biden does. He's hard to escape from. Uh, and just how audacious this is. I mean, I've, I've said this before to you, Alex. I mean, if you had told me during the Cold War that Jimmy Carter's family or Ronald Reagan's family would be cutting deals with Russian businessmen linked to the KGB, uh, I would just laugh. I mean, it would just be so audacious. That's really literally what the Bidens have done here. And so I think to convey that, you have to almost go so far uh, and make the film so over the top in order to convey uh, that that deeper truth. So I found the film very entertaining, uh, very funny, but I think it also captured and is very thoughtful in terms of capturing the essence and the truth of what's going on. All right, Peter Schweitzer is on with me, Government Accountability Institute president, author of many best-selling books, all of which you should read. Um, is Profiles in Corruption, was that the one where we first identified Hunter? What, what was the what was the book, Peter, where everyone realized? It was Secret, uh, Secret Empire. Se- Secret Empire. Um, and so th- and, and it is funny. I'll tell you a funny story, Alex. Is uh, yeah. I wrote that book, um, and there was a lot, obviously, breaking the story about the Biden's ties to China. And I met with a reporter uh, with The New York Times, and uh, he said, oh, it was a very interesting research. And I said, are you going to cover it? And he said, well, if Joe Biden runs for president, we will absolutely cover it. And, of course, he ran for president and they never covered it. So uh, that's how things goes and go in the mainstream media these days. Amazing and not even remotely shocking. OK, so uh, by the way, Peter, so you mentioned the Biden five. Um, I have a piece coming out should be any minute now this morning uh, where I go through some of the most important things that people can do to bone up on the actual facts that uh, are, are the underpinnings of the My Son Hunter film, which is out today, mysonhunter.com, if you're just tuning in. Uh, and the first thing, my number one, is an interview you and I did when the book came out about Hunter Biden and about uh, the, it, going through the Biden Five. It's like an hour long. Uh, I do a summary in the article, but it, it is that's my number one thing that people should bone up on because you learn that it isn't just hunter it isn't just the big guy it is is so many um uh, biden's in general there's just so many of them that are part of this yeah there are uh and in fact i would also i mean you're not going to hear this from my uh, lips very often but i will also commend a recent article in the new yorker that looks at joe biden's father who is apparently uh had all sorts of uh corrupt and uh and criminal tie-ins uh, when Joe was rising up. So there's even another generation. Uh, but you're quite right. Um, th- this is not, you know, the, the, the way that it's being portrayed now by Team Biden is that, oh, Hunter's the wayward son. His brother died. He's got a drug addiction. He's out of control. And, yeah, so these deals just kind of happened. Um, that That's ridiculous. I mean, the deals have been going on uh, well before um, Hunter Biden even knew what cocaine was um, and includes all elements of the family. Uh, In fact, you can't find a a sibling um, of Joe Biden's who's not been involved in crooked deals overseas uh, that, you know, are are directly tied to the fact that he has political power and can do favors for those shoveling money at the Biden family. So, yeah, you're quite right. People need to be aware of the methodology and the approach that the Biden family uh, takes um, and not uh, let people turn 
you know, Hunter's serious drug problem, which, you know, nobody's happy about, nobody should be happy about, but let them use that as some kind of crutch or an excuse to explain away, which is a pattern of behavior in the Biden family going back literally decades. Uh, That is correct. So do you think that there's a lot more meat in the bone here? Do you think that things have gotten better or worse since Joe's been president? Because it feels like there would be at least some level of scrutiny and perhaps some risk um the perhaps some risk if joe wants to run for president again um the but what is your thoughts peter on whether or not the their hunter and the biden five are still able to cut deals in this current climate well my experience is looking at at uh you know political families and political figures engaged in corruption whether republican or democrat it really doesn't matter if they are able to get away with this kind of corrupt behavior um, and it doesn't cost them anything, they're going to keep doing it. Um, so they might get more clever about it. They may change who they're doing the deals with, uh, because, but it becomes a pattern of life. It becomes a fact of life. And, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but if you were looking at, at Hunter, or you're looking at uh, James and Frank Biden, or you're looking at Joe Biden's sister. Um, these are not people, let's be blunt, that have particular skill sets uh, other than uh, being able to draft off of uh, Joe Biden's political fortunes and political power. Um, so I think that it is still continuing to go on. They're probably more sophisticated about it. They've learned by looking how I exposed what they were doing, how to maybe cover it up more effectively, um, you know, because they haven't been particularly worried over the decades because there hasn't been that much scrutiny at all uh, by the mainstream media. That may change. I do think that there are people in the mainstream media that are now covering the Biden story, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think the motivation has less to do with journalistic truth and it has more to do with um, some journalists see Joe Biden as a liability as a candidate in 2024. So they want him replaced uh, by somebody they think will be more effective. Um, but I think we're going to see more media scrutiny. Uh, but no, the short answer is no. Politicians keep doing this stuff as long as they can get away with it. And the Bidens have been able to get away with it so far. So I don't think anything's changed. I got American parts. I got American faith. That's today's broadcast. Thanks very much to all of you who have bought My Son Hunter. Go on to mysonhunter.com. And uh, you can always send me an email. Let me know what you think at alexabreitbart.com. Uh, I read them all. I appreciate it. Producer Zach and Greg Eben put the show together. Robert Marlowe helped me pick topics. And that's it for today. Talk to you next time. Apologize.